Welcome to Crop Watch Podcast, a production of Nebraska Extension. Welcome back to the Nebraska Crop Watch Podcast. I'm your host, Nate Dorsey, a water and cropping systems extension educator with the University of Nebraska Lincoln. This is episode 58. As we get in today's episode, I encourage you to subscribe to the podcast so you can be notified when we post new episodes. Also, it would mean a lot to us if you'd leave us a review wherever you're listening to the show, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or another platform. It only takes a few minutes, maybe even a few seconds, and will help other people find the show. At the beginning of every show, I like to go over some of the events that are coming up and that are going to be offered by the University of Nebraska, and we have so many that it's hard to keep track. I'll do my best to give a rundown of some of the events here, but the best way to stay current is to visit the cropwatch.unl.edu website, visit your local extension office, or talk with an extension educator like myself in your area. The first that I'll mention is that this week, at least at the time that this podcast episode is being released, is the Fremont Corn Expo. This is being held on January 26th in Fremont, Nebraska. We also have our pesticide certification trainings that are being offered throughout the state. And this was the topic of our last podcast episode. If you haven't listened to that yet, I encourage you to go back to episode 57 to learn more about that program and where some of those trainings are being offered. But we offer hundreds of these throughout the state, so it really is hard to keep track. But you can get a full schedule by visiting the pested.unl.edu website. On February 9th, we'll have an Eastern Nebraska Soil Health and Cover Crop Conference at the Eastern Nebraska Research Extension and Education Center in Mead, Nebraska. This is really shaping up to be a great event. And then after that, we're going to be starting our on-farm research network results meetings throughout the state. Our on-farm research network team is going to be offering these results meetings in several locations where we go over some of the research that we've done in partnership with growers throughout the state, looking at things from crop production, insect and disease management, precision agriculture, and a whole lot of other topics. So we're going to be offering these in several locations. The first is going to be in Alliance, Nebraska on February 15th. We'll also hold this meeting on February 15th in New York, Nebraska. Then February 16th, we'll be in Beatrice. February 17th in Fremont, Nebraska, March 1st in North Platte, and March 2nd in Kearney. And then another training that I'll mention here is our land application training. This training is focused on manure management. It will be the topic of our podcast today, but before we get to that, I'll give you the rundown of the locations and dates. So this is going to start on February 15th in Norfolk, Nebraska. Then we'll also offer this training on February 22nd in Lexington, March 1st in Alliance, March 7th in West Point, March 14th in O'Neill, March 21st in Beatrice, and March 28th in Columbus. So with that, we're going to dive into our podcast today. We're going to learn a little bit more about this training that I just mentioned, which is the land application training. And it's my pleasure to welcome Leslie Johnson to the show, who is an animal manure management extension educator with the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. And so to start off with, Leslie, if you wouldn't mind giving a brief introduction on yourself and your background and how you got started, I feel like animal manure management is a really specific topic, so I'm, I'm curious exactly how you found yourself in this area. Well, you could say I fell in it. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> the way I came into it is I actually went for my undergrad in animal science, and then I got done with that and was looking for a job close to home. And uh, Haskell had an opening, and then I, so I started working there and worked in one position that led to another position that led to another position, and found myself working for the agronomy department, and where animal science and agronomy meet is about the back end of the animal. So that's that's where I'm at. Uh, and so that's how I got to where I'm at. It took me a lot of years to do that. 
So I've been based at Haskell Ag Lab now since 2007. Officially, I've been an educator now here for almost two years and work statewide, even though I'm based in the northeast part of the state. They put me in the northeast part of the state primarily because we have such a large concentration of animal feeding operations up in that area. And so I'm working with a lot of those livestock producers. Great. Well, it's great to hear of your growth in positions and responsibility over time. I think that really speaks to your abilities as an educator and also the specialty area that you found yourself in. And one of the programs that you help administer in your statewide position is the manure land application training. And last in our last episode, we talked about the pesticide safety education program. This is another similar program that folks have to go through if they're going to be applying manure to their property or to, or to land. Can you talk a little bit about this training and who's in charge of that? Is that the University of Nebraska, is the state of Nebraska government that's kind of in charge of this? And how does that work? So it is like pesticide that it's a regulated training, but it's regulated by the Nebraska Department of Environment and Energy. They used to be known as the Nebraska Department of Environmental Quality. So NDEQ is what they were known by previously. So that's what a lot of people still call them. But they are the Department of Environment and Energy now. And so those are the regulators. And so the people that are required to come to this training is completely different, actually, than the pesticide education program. The requirements are actually based on the size of the livestock operation and whether they have the ability to pollute ground or surface water. So there's a, a number of different factors, but main one being the size of the operation, whether there's the potential to discharge manure into water. And so the people that come are primarily livestock producers in traditionally. We've been pushing really hard that the fact that we know that there's a lot of manure that leaves that livestock operation that the livestock producer doesn't have any control over. It's the crop producer that's using it, that's getting that manure that really needs to know what exactly they should be doing with it to protect water quality. And so while our traditional audience has been those larger livestock producers that are required to come to the training, we've been really trying to branch out the last couple or three years to include those crop producers that are utilizing manure and making sure that they're doing a good job as well. I think that Sometimes we overlook the value of manure in crop production systems, how much it can really contribute in terms of nutrient management and other things that our crops need to grow, but other things also like soil quality and other important things as well. When you think of the importance of the manure application training that you're helping to provide, what are some of the real benefits to those that attend, whether that's someone that's, that's regulated or that needs to be there or a crop producer? Well, the regulations are solely focused on water quality, and so that's what our training started out as. But we also realized that a lot of the reasons that we protect water quality also align very well with the profitability of utilizing manure versus commercial fertilizer because the manure nutrients, if we're using them properly, most likely we're not going to be contaminating water and then we're not wasting extra money on extra fertilizers either. And so there's a very nice overlap that way from a water quality perspective. And so that's, that's to me, the big key there. The other part of it is, like you said, the, the soil quality, the soil health, um, whatever jargon you want to use for that particular asset of manure is that it does build the soil. 
it does add a lot of nutrients that commercial fertilizer, you're paying for those micronutrients, often larger dollars when you're paying for those micronutrients. And so manure provides those as part of the complete package. So if someone is considering attending, what are the different thresholds for the number of animals that you would have in your operation that would make it so that you need to be at this training? Or what other levels are there that we might need to keep in mind? That's a challenging question because there's more to it than the than the actual livestock numbers. We generally say a thousand animal units, which is usually one beef animal is an animal unit. I think it's depends on the size of the hog. So a thousand pounds is one animal unit. So however many animals it takes to get to a thousand pounds is one animal unit. And so I think for the most part, not and that's not always true, there are exceptions, of course. For the most part, if you have a thousand animal units, you are required to attend training. Not everybody, like I said, there's a few exceptions, but for the most part, that is the case. But we do have quite a few medium-sized operations, so those that are somewhere between 500 and that thousand mark that really come to our training to learn more, to make sure that they're doing everything properly so that even though their size is below that threshold, they if they're doing everything properly, then they're not going to be forced to get that permit that's going to require them to do everything um, that is forced on those larger operations beyond, even beyond the training itself. And so in a lot of these different types of programs, there are different certification options and levels. And typically what we see is sometimes a little bit of a difference for someone that's going through one of these programs or certification processes for the first time versus someone that's already had a certification and is recertifying or or staying current. How is this program structured around some of those types of options? Sure. So if you've never had the land application training or never attended before, we do offer what we call an initial training, and that is an all-day program. It runs from 9 to approximately 4 o'clock, and just one day is all you're required to do that. Um, If you have had the land application training before, you're certainly welcome to come all day. We will gladly take you all day so that you can get a refresher course, but you are only required to do uh, the recertification portion, which is the afternoon portion of the the actual training. So you would come in at, say, one o'clock and then be done by the end of the day. And so when you attend one of these trainings, because of the way the I is structured, there's some different topics that you'd be covering in the morning versus topics that you'd be covering in the afternoon. Can you go over what some of those different topics are and maybe what the differences are in topics from the initial versus those who'd be going through a recertification program? Sure. So we always try at the very beginning to get the point across of why it is that we do this training. And that's that water quality aspect. And we'll bring in the fact that we want it to be profitable for you as well. But we really want to focus on that water quality piece. And then as we work through the day, we'll do some more in-depth topics like how to figure out your amount of nutrients that are available. We'll figure out how to figure out what your actual application rate might be to meet a particular nutrient need that you have. We talk a lot about calibration and making sure that we're actually applying the rate that we just chose. So those are big pieces. We talk a little bit about regulations and the Nebraska Phosphorus Index, which is one piece that we have to make sure that phosphorus isn't reaching the water. Uh, We talk a lot about nitrogen 
because it's often the deciding factor for a lot of farmers as far as how much nutrients they're going to apply for when they're using manure. But um, we do have to talk a lot about phosphorus as well, because particularly in the northeast part of the state, we have a pretty heavy concentration of operations and usually right around those operations because manure is supplied pretty close by because it can be kind of heavy and hard to haul or costly to haul. Our concentration of phosphorus around those operations is usually quite high and so we do have some risk there that we have to manage. So we do talk a little bit about phosphorus, particularly in the morning. In the afternoon, we get more into the the decision making. So we've got all of these various pieces that we're doing in the morning, but then in the afternoon, we sort of bring it together and we're working around a large map exercise, which is really fun because it gets the producers involved. They're really teaching each other and teaching us sometimes about the things that they're doing on their farms because occasionally we'll hear of things and we're like, hey, that's a really great idea. We should share that with others. And so it gets folks involved in the decision-making process. So we work around this map and we have multiple different fields and we give them an animal feeding operation and we have them decide, okay, does this field need manure? Is this field the best one for manure? What is the agronomic value of the fertilizer nutrients in that manure? And then we compare that to the transportation costs so they can really feel out what the profitability of that manure is versus just going with something like commercial fertilizer that you can haul there a lot cheaper. And then we talk about a lot of the uh, several other topics too, but we really base it around this map and have them rank these fields and figure out which field is the first one that they want to apply to, which one's the second one we want to apply to. Maybe, maybe there's one we want to particularly avoid because it's just too big of a, too big of a risk or it's just not cost effective. Yeah, it's great to hear about some of the different topics that you have and also some of the hands-on activities. I think that really helps make and develop connections that you otherwise wouldn't be able to. And it makes a training like this more fun and interesting. And I think one of the challenges with manure management is that every load of manure is so different in terms of the amount of nutrients that are there, whether that's you know micronutrients or moisture, you know whatever the, the situation might be. And so when you talked about things like calculations and calibration, you know, for me, I, I'm not a math person. And so sometimes thinking about, you know, going through these calculations and really, I guess, having a, a good understanding of how to do that and feeling comfortable doing that can be kind of scary. And so what kind of strategies do you utilize to help <laughs> overcome that? Because I know that for a lot of producers, that, that can be a little bit intimidating. It can be. Uh, I, I actually am, I've, I love math. And so for me, it was not a challenge at all. But finding a way for me to teach to somebody that maybe doesn't think about it that way. We actually have worksheets and we we go through it together. We have helpers there on site to help you through it. The, the directions break it down step by step by step. Um, and we give you blank copies that you can go home with. If you are comfortable with that method, you can absolutely take that home and be able to do it on your own farm. Um, and we try very hard to make it something that is practical that you can actually take home and use. Great. So where can someone go to find the locations and the dates and information that they might need to register for this training? All right. Well, there's seven locations across the state, all all across the state. I get to travel all the way from West Point to Alliance. So nice and broad spectrum of the state. And then there's more information on our website. You can go to UNL Water. It should be pretty close to the top, but to get to that direct line, link, 
it is water.unl.edu slash LAT, as in land application training. Uh, so it's a relatively nice short link that you can get to. There's information about the sites there, who the host is. There's information on how to register. And by all means, if you have questions, give me a call or contact your local extension office. They know most of them know how to get a hold of me. Great. So we will put a link to that website in the show notes to this podcast episode. So if you want to visit that and get some more information or even register for the event, that's where we can go and make it just a little bit easier to find. So if someone needs to or wants to learn more information, where can they go? Can they reach out to you or, or someone else at the university if they have questions about this, both before this training, but also afterwards if they need some support? Sure. You can contact me directly. Our manure.unl.edu webpage is a great resource. There's going to be a direct link there to the land application training. There's also an online course that could be an option if you can't do the in-person training. We made those materials purposely available to anyone. There was no charge for the materials. The only thing is if you need certification, you do have to actually register and pay for the online course so that we can prove that you did indeed read through it and, and get you that certificate. So, um, but the, the materials are all there for anybody that wants to utilize them. Perfect. Well, thanks so much for being on the podcast today, Leslie. Yeah, thank you.